Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming up on the Holderness Family Podcast... Trust, regaining it, keeping it. Having it in the first place. (laughs) I'm terrified of this entire topic. Have you noticed how quiet I've been? There are other areas in which trust can be violated in a relationship. Not forgiving someone who is seeking your forgiveness is like um, you drinking poison every day and hoping that they get sick. Right. All the ways you can screw it up. I want to give Kim some credit. I want to talk positively about something that she's done. Dealing with money not withholding information, having shame around it, but communicating it to me. And most importantly, butt face cream. Is it better as butt face cream or face butt cream? Face butt cream. Be looking out in Sephora, ladies. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. We are that, uh, we're that internet family. Yeah, we do the kind of weird videos on the Facebook and YouTube, and we love it. Um, If you would do us a huge favor, let me do my like telethon call out. If you could hit the subscribe button on this podcast, if you like it. I mean, if you don't like it, you don't have to. Um, And also leave us a rating and review. Yeah, this is our podcast. It's a little different from our videos. We try to have just as much fun, but we're also trying to be better people. That's yeah. really the reason why we're doing this. We're trying to suck less at life and marriage. Should we buy that domain? Sucklesscom Is it maybe like a maybe taken a already. vampire thing? I don't know. Oh, oh um, you're right. You're right. Who you're right. knows? But but you know what we do every week, me and Kim and our incredibly engaging producer Max Trujillo, <laughs> is um, is try to to make the world a better place by being better people. But we we fail frequently. Yes, we fail frequently. Yeah. And um, but the, those ratings and reviews are so important, and we do read them, and even even the ones that say we may they're we're funny and I'm a religious listener, but um, maybe you're a little snobby. We're snobby. If you thought I was snobby before, wait till the end of the podcast where. I admit this really stupid thing I did and the money oh. I spent on something. Mm. I am preparing myself for people to yell at me. Oh, because I of hope the, they, I yeah. try, but I'm trusting the audience to hear my side of the story. You put it out there. I know it wasn't your favorite thing to talk about, but it was a good example of today's topic, which is trust. trust. 
Um, trust is the holy grail of marriage, and I would say of any relationships. And we brought in our ringer, our expert on this. His name is Christopher Edmonston. Um, he has counseled us in our marriage. He's counseled me on some some stuff. He's a, a pastor. He's very fancy, and he specializes in marriage care. And he really he walks through. And it's not trust is not just infidelity. You know that although that's a that's a big pothole in the road. There are so many more. Um, trust issues that all relationships go through. So away we go as we navigate through trust and parking meter issues. Our old friend Christopher Edmonston is here and I have never seen so many notes that he's brought. You have some scribble scrabble on a yellow piece of paper, buddy. Prep work. Prep work. Yeah. Apparently, this is a topic that he has lots of thoughts on. This is a big one. This is a big one. So let's just get right into it. Trust, regaining it, keeping it. Having it in the first place. Yeah. How, so just, just Christopher, <laughs> what are the areas? So he, here's why you're here. Thank the goodness, Lord. Thank the good Lord. I'm using words today that I'm new, I'm new at the words, so excuse me. We've not had to deal with infidelity in our relationship, but I do know it's, it, is, it is common in relationships, and I know that people heal from it, and we have friends that have worked through it and he- have healed from it. But there are other, and we'll get to that for sure, but there are other areas in which trust can be violated in a relationship, not just making out with somebody else, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, two things that are very brief, and then we'll jump right into the infidelity pool and yeah. how it affects oh, trust. Just we'll go just there. go right there. Okay. One, um, I just want the listeners to know that we don't have smell of vision. Remember Willy Wonka? Yeah. But Max he really a, does have the best coffee. He makes in the Raleigh. most amazing coffee. That's the only Max. reason we keep coming it's back. Fantastic. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> uh, and two, uh, my friend Emily was on last week, and she got this great disclaimer, and it was amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that she's like a li- that she's not meant to be like a licensed doctor or to prescribe medicine. Well, no, she medicine is licensed. Based she is a doctor, totally but she's not licensed. your doctor. Right. Okay. She's Sorry. not your doctor. Okay, but this so, is, Chris- yeah. so Christopher is like provides our marriage care and counseling. He doesn't do it for you. Is that what you want us to say? Yeah, he, he does, but I don't know that he has earned it. Well, like, are you are you a doctor? I am a doctor. Oh, that's right. Oh, dang it! He's going to hold that over my head. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, thanks, thanks. Pen. Yeah, you, you forget just- so easily. <laughs> yeah. What I wanted to say as a disclaimer is this topic is big, there you and, go. and if yeah. and if, a, if a couple out there is listening to it, a family, a person, you may need therapeutic counseling. Like you may need therapeutic intervention. Yeah. This may be a step in the right direction for you and give you the right questions to ask. But if you have a massive trust issue, and and the four or five biggies are um, addictions. If you're married to someone who's an addict, it's impossible to trust them. Infidelity, of course, yeah. when someone is unfaithful. Um, withholding information, and I really want to get into that one today because that yeah. one can sometimes start off in a good place. Um, a lack of reliability. They just don't show up yeah. um, repeatedly. Um, and then finally, over big sort of family issues that affect everyone in the household, typically money. If you are struggling with one of those five things and that's your trust deficit, you may need more than this one podcast, as awesome as I'm going to try to do. (laughs) As awesome as I'm going to try to. So I think that the best way to put that, and thank you, Christopher, is uh, you can listen to this, but it's not going to solve all of the problems if you're in the deep end of one of these issues. And I'm sure you're not alone if you're in one of those. And so there's probably some resources that we can send people to. Yeah, I think so. You could probably put some good resources in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and just also knowing that it trust is, has a lot more to do than 
infidelity, but infidelity is a big one. It's a huge one because yeah. it's the, in its essence, it's, it's the ultimate violation. I mean, you actually take a vow when you get married, mm-hmm. um, particularly if it's a sacred ceremony of any kind at all, where you say, I will not do this. And you've essentially lied once you've gone down that road. And even if you had a secular service, fidelity is assumed behind it, like if you got married at the yeah. courthouse. So either way, it's operative in every single home. The The main thing to start off with today is to say that trust is one of the holy grails of marriage. It's one of the holy grails of covenant. It's one of the holy grails of human relationship. Um, everyone falls in love with the person that they marry, at least I hope, at least a little bit. But one of the reasons why you decided to love that person is that you decided at some point you could trust them. Mm -hmm. And so there is no relationship in human life amongst family members or amongst a couple, two spouses that doesn't include trust. Right. And so what happens when that trust is violated? How do you, can you get it back? It can be done. It's really, really hard. And the three things, the two things that have to sort of take place in order to regain trust is that someone, usually the party that's offended, the husband or the wife who's really hurting because the trust has gone away, has got to learn to practice forgiveness. And that's one thing that I work on with couples all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give couples a sort of 10 things that you can put into your marriage right now and it will make you better. And I put practice forgiveness. And some people really struggle with that. And some people question why that's important. But to regain trust, Someone's going to have to be forgiven. And then the person who is forgiven is going to have to perform over time. You're going to have to show, not up, do, yeah. show up and not do the things that caused the deficit in the hole in the first place. I w- we went to um, this marriage conference. It was hosted by Dave and Rachel Hollis, who we've had on this podcast. And it was their first ever kind of couples conference. And it was eye-opening for us. I mean, we, we learned a lot. It was a great conference. But there was a moment in time in which one of the participants there kind of raised a hand, asked a, asked a question about about that forgiveness. And it was pretty impactful in that, you know, the I think Rachel Hollis was leading this. And she asked everybody to raise their hand if they were going – if their marriage had suffered infidelity issues – and I think there were probably three couples in that room who didn't raise their yeah. hands. And of course, there—I mean—we're in a different setting because we're yeah. at a marriage conference, and you're probably there because your marriage is in—you want to learn more about it, or your marriage is in trouble. So it was—it was really eye-opening to us. Um, yeah, yeah. It, and it took a couple of rounds for them to raise their hands. That was the other part. And I mean, obviously, that—that's a tough thing to talk about outside of your marriage. It's probably a tough thing to talk about inside your marriage, but she asked them to raise their hands, and at first, like, two people raised their hands, and she was like, nope, I don't believe it. We're going to try it again. And then everyone did. Well, and I think what happens in in that situation when someone, you're at a dinner party and someone starts talking about a struggle that they have, we often quiet up because the shame monster comes up. And shame is a beast. It's one of the hardest things that all people deal with. Um, Wherever they are on the earth, shame is just a monster. And But I I do have a, a... one couple friend because they have been open about who has overcome it. It took intense counseling, yeah. but it it can be done. So, um, and I don't think you can do it alone. I think if that's if if your listeners are in that situation and they want to try to patch trust back together, in the case of your example with the Hollises with infidelity, right. you're going to have to find help. It takes a lot of work, but the help is that commitment over time that I'm talking about. It's going to take forgiveness. However you get there, and there's lots of different methods and means to which you can start to learn to forgive someone else, and it's also going to take that performance over time, in this case, with that counselor. 
Um, I will say also, just because I, I dated a guy, which is not the same as being married, and we dated for a really long time, and he cheated on me all the time. And my issue was I could never learn to trust myself. So it'd be like, yeah, I forgive you. But then I always went a little crazy town, like if he didn't answer my call right away, or I just so it was always suspicious. So I didn't trust myself. So that is where I have advised people, like if you can't trust yourself to, to recover fully, then then that's time for some some help. I mean, yeah. And you I think things have changed and past experience have, have a lot to do with this, right? And, and then there, so there's that. There's the baggage that you bring in. And then there's the trust that happens after the relationship starts. Correct. And I, I think to past experience, to Kim's example and to your point, what happens is these past experience cast these long shadows into our presence and futures. Mm-hmm. This is true, of, again, of every person, married or not, that's ever lived. And those past experiences, whether we like them or not, can become triggers. And suddenly a person that we know, maybe we're in a new friendship with them, or our married person that we're, our person that we're married to starts to do things that trigger one of those past experiences, and suddenly flashbacks, we're having trouble believing what they say. It's a, it's a complicated thing when we get triggered, particularly from in the past, I would say that one of my mentors used to say that life's most fundamental question is who are you going to trust? Mm. Life's most fundamental question is who you're going to trust. And trust has to stand at the foundation of really every marriage, healthy or not. It's got to be there. And we're like it, within like family relationships, extended family friendships, I would, I would say that that has been a str- an extended family. I've had issues where w- – by the way, I'm a professional grudge holder. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody can be passive aggressive and hold a grudge like me. So I have to work. But that's why I'm it's like I need to learn how. I need to learn how to forgive, even when they've not really asked for it. And that how do you do? How do you do that, Christopher? <laughs> Tell me. How do Why you are forgive? you laughing? I, How do you forgive, forgive, quite honestly, when they've not asked for it? I, I think because forgiveness is remarkably individual. So here's what happens in marriage, I think, is that we join our lives. We say to people, share your hearts, your minds, your bodies, your souls, share it all and do it forever. Yeah. And at some point, one of the two people in that marriage is going to let the other down. Yeah. It, may, it can be a big whammy or a little whammy, but you're, you're going to fail to show up at some point. You're not going to keep a promise. Uh, a small promise maybe that you made along the way, you're, you're going to mess up. And so forgiveness has to be part of every single relationship that we have. And if you think about the people that you've been in relationship the longest, friends, family, all sorts of folks, you'll yeah. discover pretty quickly that you've forgiven them and given them do-overs lots and lots of times. It's individual, and it takes practice. It can start with words. Sometimes prayer is involved. Sometimes journaling is involved. But it has to take a commitment to, I don't like the fact that you and I are, are feuding. I don't like the fact that my husband and I, my wife and I, that we're arguing that our trust has left our relationship. I want to gain it back, and I understand that I have to learn to forgive them. And, and can forgiveness start, you said, you know, it's words. Can it start with words even if you're not feeling it? You know, even it can just be pretend in the beginning. Be like, I forgive you, but in my heart, it's really like torn in a knot. And just to kind of get yourself there. I am not sure that every person that works with forgiveness as a counselor, pastor, a therapist, a psychologist would say it this way. But I do think fake it till you make it is 
a good place to start if you've got nothing else. I really do. Okay. Where you're just saying the words and um, you're making them real out there in the atmosphere, in your life. Your ears are hearing them. Your mouth is saying them. That can be a big part of a first step, yeah. yeah. So, so you're saying just saying it out loud will make you trust somebody more? Mm-hmm. Saying it out loud can help you get to forgiveness. And, okay. and just saying, I want to trust you over and over to right. that person is an expression of um, an invitation. Earn okay. my trust, and it yeah. can help. And, you know, things in our heads aren't actually real, right? Right. We've got to say them. We've got to write them down. We've got to share them with someone. You know, and different people do this different ways. Isn't that the one thing? I feel like I've always felt like trust anytime I try to explain either jealousy or fear of something going on or lack of trust. What's going on in my head and what comes out of my mouth are two different things. And I don't do a great, probably, I don't think anybody does a great job with the part that comes out of your mouth. Like, they, <laughs> should we just say something stupid? Well, Instead of like, hey, I'm vulnerable here. I really, I really am vulnerable and I love you and I just want to be comforted. You say something like, what were you just doing? Yeah. Where were you? What are you doing? What did you just spend that money on? Did you just blow that money? We'll get to money in a little bit. But, the, but I... I <laughs> Or we don't have to. (laughs) I'm terrified of this entire topic. Have you noticed how quiet I've been? Um, (laughs) I don't know how to do this because I'm like a golden retriever for the most part. Yeah. Um, And I have to say, you do a – a pen could teach a master class on forgiveness and letting things go. And it is, I think, part of it is programming. I think he just was came out that way. Yeah. But also is – it. I, I, I don't I don't know actually yeah. what also it is. Like we just threw a lot at you, Christopher. I'm yeah. sorry. But, well, but I think it is work. Like you know how an a, an addict has to work every single day to stay sober. And I hate to like trivialize that process because that's an intense intense process. But forgiveness it is a work. Like you are you, it is you work. work it every day. It is work, particularly if there's been a massive trust violation. So just to go into that one little piece with addiction and then to jump back to the way that Penn kind of asked his question. People who are married to addicts will tell me that even though they've been in years of recovery, mm-hmm. AA, they've been to rehab, whatever, they still sometimes have to struggle with the forgiveness and to regain the trust because some of those violations are so, so big. Mm-hmm. Similar to a couple that's, you know, melded it back together after infidelity. Um, if if you are in a relationship with someone at work of of the opposite sex, right? Right. And uh, your partner is going to notice that if you struggle with infidelity before, you need to be prepared to answer for that if you're still trying to make it better. The one thing I would say to Penn's question is that I think it's very difficult sometimes to ask for what we want or need or to say it in a way that the other person understands it. And we are afraid of messing it up, and that that makes it intense um, before because marriage is such – it makes it intense, excuse me, before we ask it because marriage is such an intense relationship. And so I think there is a high level of intensity. What I think both people need to know – if they get into these conversations about trust and forgiveness is if your person naturally is a grudge holder or has triggers or has those shadows from his or her past, you're going to have to work harder to be forgiven with that person than someone who has grown up, come out of the womb in a golden retriever, sort Mm -hmm. of happy, happy childhood. And there are people out there with happy, happy childhoods. Just not. I've not met many of them. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. (laughs) Well, also, is it unrealistic? So say the wife is the unfaithful one or is the one that is, you know, stepped up. I'm just role playing here. Susan, we like always use Mitch and Susan. Mitch and Susan. Susan has stepped out and, you know, she spent a lot of money and hit it, whatever it is. Is it, is it 
all right if Mitch keeps asking? Isn't I mean, at some point, if she's forgiven, shouldn't she be able to just like be able to go to work without being questioned all the time or be able to go out with girlfriends without being questioned all the time? Like, at what point does Mitch need to stop questioning her every move? The answer to that is yes. Um, it's okay if Susan pushes back a little bit, particularly if Mitch has said to her, I have forgiven you and I've moved on, and he actually hasn't. Okay. This is much more art than science. Like, this is not algebra. We're not going to yeah. get X to equal six here. It's probably going to move, you know, on one of those graphs that you do with your kids when they bring home their pre algebra homework oh my gosh, yeah. from time to time. And you probably will have to revisit it until you don't. But at some point, if Susan's been forgiven in that scenario, and if Mitch has said, I'm willing to move on and trust you again, then Mitch actually has to put the trust and forgiveness into practice. Yeah, he needs to move on to Absolutely. Okay. Because if not, it's just a wound that keeps bleeding. It's like picking a scab, mm-hmm. just picking, picking, picking. Look, I'm going to go back to Mitch, and this is great with Mitch and Susan. So Susan cheats on Mitch. Wait a minute, Mitch is supposed to, and this is just from your experience. Is Mitch supposed to say, "Wait, this happened because I don't trust myself"? No, 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 because no, that no. was a weird it, turn that you took before that I do not. No. I still, I, I just forgive me for not understanding. I'm asking no, for no, forgiveness. No, no, no. What I mean, and I'm, yeah. No, no. What I mean is after the fact. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's after the fact. Mitch, you had a tough time trusting yourself, so me, Mitch will have a tough time. Meaning that, like, I trust that I will recover from this. I trust that if this happens again, I'm going to be fine and I'm going to leave. Right. I trust that, like, I can trust this person and not create more drama by constantly um, peppering with questions and being, I need to trust that I can recover. Got it. That's what I meant. Okay. Because just because to me, no, no, it's fine. I, I, I'm glad you gave me clarity because if I were Mitch and I got cheated on by Susan, I would be thinking more about the fact that Susan was a D nozzle instead of wondering (laughs) whether or not I need to get better at trusting people because I didn't do anything. Sorry. No, I, I, But I will say a a person who I love a lot in my life who has been who was cheated on in the marriage actually did not recover from it said no like no great marriage this doesn't happen in a great solid marriage this ha- you know there were issues like you know she raised her hand and said there were obviously issues and this is what uh, uh, she's like it's very common but there are obviously issues that we didn't talk about for a very long time and it led to this Mm -hmm. and so that's yeah so i feel like we're spending a lot of time in infidelity when i think more commonly there are some other trust issues that there's some traps that our relationships are falling into well let's move on well good um one thing i want to say to kim's point which i think is important for everyone to hear is that if you are someone whose trust has been violated your work in trusting myself Right, That individual who's trying to learn to trust another has to learn to trust themselves because part of the shame you carry into that, if you've been lied to and it, you didn't stop it or you weren't aware of it, is that ability to say, how is that feeling you have, how could I have been so stupid? Why didn't I see this right. sooner? Why did I let it go on for so yeah. long? And that's where you have to forgive yourself yeah. and learn to trust yourself. Yeah. And that's true in all these areas, whether it's infidelity or addictions or money or whatever it may be. So um, – what about you know, just failure to show up? And I think that this this kind of projects onto friendships and extended family relationships too. Being able to trust somebody who repeatedly just doesn't come through when they say they will. It's really hard, particularly with the way that I think most people 
uh, are living their lives now where schedules are tight and we're running and running and running. And if the other person doesn't show up, it's, it's a crisis uh, for a family, for a marriage. And I think in some ways that may be the easiest to correct of, of all of them in essence because what needs to happen there is the other person who is not showing up simply needs to be more reliable, be better at keeping their word, not committing to things that they say they're going to do when they know yeah. that they can't. Is there a is there a line between like talking about trust and or, or, or I guess like is there a comparison between talking about trust in that case and those like secret contracts that we talked about a few podcasts ago where if you just keep doing it it's assumed that you're going to keep doing it always yeah. I think so and then when you stop doing that thing for whatever reason whatever it is um, I think secret contracts was toilet paper as yeah. I recall it was a toilet paper fairy right. I think if we go all the way back to that. If, if you stop doing those things, suddenly the other person can feel like their trust has been violated, which is that key point to be sure to say why you're doing it. Like, there's never been a marriage where the couple talked enough. And I know that's going to drive some people crazy for me to say that. But we just assume the other person knows what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and they often right. don't. Um, Kim and I just recently spent seven days together with only us. <laughs> That'll be our next podcast, by um, the way. And I'm just teasing forward. We... Um, we talked the whole time. There was like there we were in a campsite with no screens. And on the seventh day, I looked at her and I was like, I think we've run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> so I am going to disagree with you. Uh, we were practicing for Empty Nest. And we're going to talk about this in the next podcast. Christopher, we ran out of stuff to talk about. That is not true. Was, I had more things oh to say. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But maybe we just neither of us wanted to talk anymore. We just started reading quietly I, next to no, each other. No, which was also lovely. It was great. I just was. It, it was notable that we are turning into Mort and Midge. Oh. Mort and Midge. The retired couple whose kids have just left. And they're like, and you see them walking on the street now. You're like, why are Mort and Midge just walking and not talking to each other? And now I know. Now They've you run totally out of things get to it. Say. Well, I yeah. think I Sorry. need some clarity. Were you camping or glamping? Glamping. Yeah, we'll, glamping. Get glamping. Yeah. we'll get to it later. Glamping. We'll get to it later. And it was amazing. Um, let's, let's move on to financial trust because I, I I just feel like on some level that is that, that has got to be rampant in every relationship, whether it's a marriage or uh, living with a roommate or whatever's going on. It's huge. And I, I want to combine financial trust with withholding information because I want to sort of say that a lot of times um, people withhold information in order not to hurt the other person. It's not just so that I won't get in trouble, so I'm not going to right. tell you. It's I don't want you to be hurt. And, and typically speaking, the way that most women do this, I mean, God, um, you know, God bless me in that I'm, saying, I'm speaking for women, which is an amazingly dangerous thing to do. Super. Super I'm, I'm, you're on a tightrope here. I'm yeah. on a tightrope. But I think I want to say that most women typically will withhold information because I think in general, in our culture, we raise little girls not to bother anybody yeah. and not to like don't make, make too much stink. noise, don't, don't make, make a stink, yeah. and they don't want to make their husbands angry. Mm -hmm. And most men will withhold information from their wives because they don't want to make them cry or they don't want to make them upset or they just don't want to get in trouble. And so it starts off in this good place of... Um, I, I love you so much I don't want to hurt you. Correct. Yeah. But you're, what you're doing actually is you're undermining everything, even though your intentions might actually be really good. And I think of all the times when your kids, and I think everybody has this experience with their dad. You know, I did at least with my dad, and my dad is a wonderful dad, but he would say sometimes, just don't tell your mom about this. Yeah. We'll fix it. And yeah. it wasn't, and it wasn't because my mother was a terrible harm, person. Right? Yeah. It was because he didn't want to hurt her or yeah. let her down. But, but what happens when that 
like keeps going? What happens if that's a routine? Well, eventually the other person will find out because you're living in the same place. There really are no secrets in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what happens is it creates this trust deficit. And, and the harm of the trust deficit, the, the spiritual and psychological casualty is, can I believe anything that she's told me if I, if I didn't know about this? And it just eats on us. It's like an eat. 
casualty. It's it's just it's like a bleed that doesn't stop, and there's no way to get it to stop bleeding because it calls everything into question. And it, when that's a habit, though, that's real hard to kick. So if you're the person that's omitting. Like, what are the steps? I mean, you can't just start like, I'm going to be honest, right? Starting right now. Like, that doesn't yeah. really happen if it's like, what do you do? Well, it's always easiest to like just start by telling the truth, right? Right. But again, that's where the shame monster comes in. Right. And so, you know, the husband um, doesn't get the bonus that he was promised. Like, you know, Chevy Chase, right? right? You know, Christmas vacation. He gets a jelly uh, of the month club instead of the pool money. Yeah. And suddenly he's lying to everyone mm-hmm. because there's just that shame monster, right? Right. Um, the wife um, spends way more money than what was budgeted for. But it was on sale. But it was on sale, and, and mm-hmm. she had a coupon, um, and tries to hide it somehow. Takes it out of an account that only she has, and yet there was an agreement on what they could spend that month on whatever it was that they were buying, whatever right. widget it was. And so over time, in trying to protect the other person, and, and maybe even trying to save our own skin some too from that shame monster, um, all that ends up happening is you end up undermining the very thing that you're trying to preserve. Yeah. The easiest thing to do is to tell the truth. And then in the second place, you know, when it's safe, in other words, when there's not another conflict that's raging, right. when there's not another confrontation that you're having, you've got to come clean. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I know I should have told you this sooner, but I'm telling you now, and I understand. And this is more my language stuff that sometimes right. yeah. was hard, well, hard to employ. And I understand that this is going to be hard for you to hear, and I and it's okay with me if you're a little upset by this. But here's what's been going on. So whatever moment that was in the podcast, I feel like we should say go to that moment because Christopher is the master of building scripts for conversation mm-hmm. when it comes to talking to people about it. And that last thing that you said was perfect. I also I want to give like and and we can edit this out if. You don't want to talk about this, but I want to give Kim some credit. I want to talk positively about something that she's done. Dealing with money, not withholding information, like having shame around it, but communicating it to me in the last week. And I'm honestly, I'm very proud of you for this. Are you okay talking about this? I don't know. I I think we can edit some stuff. Okay. I got scammed. (laughs) Seriously hard. I went to the, we were on vacation and you know, and so I go into this store and I, they're like, oh, face creams. And they like put it on my face and it's probably Preparation H. You know how Preparation H under your eyes like puffs your eyes out? My eyes looked so good. And I was like, oh my God, I want this. I didn't even know that. I, know, I, I don't, uh, by the way, don't put Preparation H under your eyes. I just, I've heard it. I've never done it before. People put it on all parts of their bodies. I, I haven't done it, but I've that heard not, yeah, that it's like an yeah. amazing I eye cream. I think I saw that on Miss Congeniality like well, well, maybe 20 years ago. Maybe that's where yeah. I saw it. And, and so, by the way, guys out there who who like want to pretend like Miss Congeniality wasn't a good movie. It's amazing. Shut up. Get off the podcast yeah. right now. It was yeah. awesome. So, <laughs> Let's move um, on. So we were Sandra traveling. Bullock is a natural, national treasure. I, mean, I, I don't want to say how much I spent on it because that's embarrassing i'm not going to say we can hold we can withhold that information yes but it was way more than i'd ever spent on an eye cream ever and it was like it was like made me sweat but i was like this is going to change my life i'm in my 40s i am fighting gravity hard i'm i refuse to age gracefully i'm going to buy this eye cream it's going to change my life let me interrupt so i saw all this coming i was there with her it was this like boutique place in the middle of uh, the U.S. Open where there's like there's like pop-up stores all over the place and there's probably a lot of income. We weren't there for the U.S. Open. We just happened to be in the same town. Um, so I saw this happening. I was like, honey, I'd like to remove myself from this situation. I'm going to go somewhere else. 
which is I, I it may have been like a little passive aggressive doing it but bottom line I didn't want to be there when he said how much it cost because I didn't want to be the guy who was like what you can't do that because well, she makes just as much I, money as know, I do I, okay, like, so right? here's what was going through my mind my eyes looked amazing for the first time in like eight years I, I didn't look tired it was amazing and I'm like oh my gosh this is this is so amazing um the issue i so it was insanely it was way more than i'd ever spent on an eye cream or anything and um but i'm like this is going to change my life because i'm going to look so amazing i was checking out i was like i I started sweating a little bit i'm like oh my god so i i you know put in the card i signed it and it was it came it's like this big box bag thing and i think because i was like he goes you're traveling we'll ship it to you and they were giving me all because it was so expensive. They're giving all these like free samples on all this like free stuff. So it was like this bag of like I think they saw like, hey, you're you're spending a lot of money. Let's just like throw in all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, actually, that would be great if you could ship it to me. I'm such. <laughs> uh, I, so uh, so I'm like, yeah, give my address. They have my email address. I get an email right away that's like I have this like the whole thing. So I leave there, and as soon as I sit, I meet Penn. I sit down. I'm like. He goes, how much was that? And I like told him. And she he's told like, me. I was so proud of her. In I my- gulped. And he's like, for the love of God. And I, I, and I, I just didn't understand. Yeah. Because so, it's a little bottle. Yeah. Well, you know, but she but, told me. Like, but, that was. And so. You didn't withhold the next information. Day, <laughs> the next day, I. Because we were picking up the kids from camp. We'll get into this. Uh, I had some serious, like, buyer's remorse, like, regret. Like, yeah. I, so I called the store. And I think I said something like, I bet that was a yogurt shop that they switched into a cream shop. Yeah. So I called the store. Anymore. And I'm like, actually, this is, I don't know what I was thinking. This is not something that's in our budget. The, the phone number didn't work. So I found it because I used to be an investigatory journalist. I found another number and I called. I found an email address. I'm emailing. I'm like, guys, I need an email. It's not left the store. I have no shipping notification. I, um, I this. I want a refund right away, right away, right. Away. So I called Saturday. I called Sunday. I called Monday, and then obviously I put a stop on my credit card. Like I did a dispute, and now I'm finding like all these scams online for this company. And I used to be an invest. Investigatory no journalist. No matter how many people you leave bruised and bloodied along the way. That's a Zoolander <laughs> quote. Um, I feel so, but it, it was like keeping me. It was keeping me up on like Friday yeah. and Saturday. Said like I couldn't sleep over it. And so finally, shame, I, I, shame monster. It was a shame. shame monster. So finally, on Monday, I told him, "I'm like, hey, listen, I'm having trouble tracking these people down." I feel really embarrassed. I'm feeling like so stupid for A, spending that money, and now B, that like it was probably a scam. So I want I want you guys to give each other a, a hand yeah. hug or a high five or a hug or a kiss yeah. because that story, the way that you were able to share it and the way that you were able to say when it was all over, I, I went to him and I said, I'm so sorry. That tells me you have high trust. Mm-hmm. Um, couples who don't, don't do that. No, I, I, you know, I, I so didn't that's, know. That's lovely. It's he, he that's is. That's why I wanted to give her credit. Yeah. And we should high five her, like make out or something. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's not like they can watch. It's fine. But <laughs> so, our, by the way, so the, the credit card company, <laughs> although the charge cleared, they're disputing, investigating. And within 90 days, I should get my money back. I feel it. I, it was. It's embarrassing because again, but you told me about it. Like that yeah. was. That but I was, was super, super. I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I just spent money yeah. that like we. It's embar- I'm like I. Sh- I should. Well, it's embarrassing. So so think. What's the most common trust exercise we all did at camp? A long trust time fall. Ago? Trust fall. Yes. Right. Trust fall. And the trust fall works in essence because I'm sure the person's going to catch me. And I wasn't there when all this happened, obviously. But in that moment, you knew that you could trust your person enough to say. I cost the family money. Right. 
And I know you're going to catch me when I tell you this. And I have to, and, and I give him credit. He did yeah. not lose his cool. No. He he was like, okay, we'll get you know we'll get through this. We'll figure it out. It's we'll be fine. And um, he could have lost his cool at the at what that was because. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I, I I was definitely. I'm like, oh my god! I, but I'm sure it was preparation H, by the way. <laughs> it, there's no. They were telling me all these things. I'm like, this is going to be life changing. He put some on my face too while I was there. Um, it, the guy. it was definitely. Is perfect. that what it is today that yeah. I see? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's glasses. And he's like, this will <laughs> and results. Glasses. You'll use this for a year, and results will last for five years. And it was like this whole song and dance. Oh, I, I know, but I I am basically next step like calling the police. But anyway, that's just what we're, you, we've been dealing with. Yes, and and so you notice Kim is is going back to the situation itself. I I brought it up and and. Thank you for talking about it. I know it's not easy to talk about, but that was like a really tough thing for her to do, to walk up to me and tell me the price tag on something like this. And she told me why she bought it. And I mean, like we're partners in this whole thing, right? Yeah. And also that could be like a whole other episode about like, I need to be okay with looking in the mirror and seeing a 43 year old as opposed to I a 23 year old i can't win that argument like that's that's an insane thing no but it's weird but it's weird and i love you but it's weird to see your aging face mm-hmm. when it didn't used to look that way and i am jealous of the people who are just okay with it and i'm like i'm buying the creams and i'm doing the things okay. and the stuff how, and do you, how do you feel about the people who look insane because of how much like botulism they're pumping into their faces no but i'm not that's what i'm saying that's not what i'm i'm, I'm, I'm like this is a yeah. natural way to do it i'll put <laughs> butt cream on my face <laughs> but i'm like I'm, <laughs> no absolutely i'm like this is gonna be just amazing i can eat i can pretend i'm aging gracefully but i'm fighting it like a ninja yeah so let's flip the tables and make it mitch and susan so okay. susan buys butt face cream but- for <laughs> For 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 an exorbitant amount of money, way too much money, and in shame tries yeah. to hide it, right? Right, because she's busted the budget. It was more than she had agreed with Mitch, maybe ahead of time, that they could spend on on fun purchases like that yeah. or on beauty products or whatever the scenario is. And months and months and months go by, and then finally Susan fesses up to Mitch and says, "Mitch, I need to tell you about something that happened last summer." And where the what I'm talking about trust deficit is, isn't that you're going to get in maybe um, a little trouble with your person, whether they handle it well or not, when you fess up. I mean, a person's going to react how they are going to react. They're, as long as they're not abusive, they're you know they're not hateful. They mm-hmm. have a right to be upset if you've done something that you weren't supposed to do in your marriage, right? right? But imagine months and months go by. That trust deficit isn't just that it happened. It's that Mitch walks away saying, "Why did it take her so long to tell me?" and what else haven't I been told? So yeah. telling the truth, seeking forgiveness, and performance over time. Telling the truth, seeking forgiveness, performance over time. You told the truth. You sought forgiveness. You tried to get him on board with the face butt cream purchase, <laughs> right? And performance over time in that case would be you just don't buy any more face, face butt, butt cream. cream. Yeah, butt face cream. I'll just go. Honestly, Should we buy that website right now just in case? Dot com, dot Is net. it better as butt face cream or but, face butt cream? I think. Face butt cream. I, I, be looking out in Sephora, ladies. Or butt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, anyway, I, I'm a sucker. There's a sucker born every minute. But um, but thank you for your way of handling. And, like, seriously, a master class in, I, I do know people who would have, lost their cool yelled and screamed slammed a door and and honestly if 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 he 
if I knew he typically reacted that way, I don't know that I would have been honest with it. I think I would have tried to get the refund and do all that stuff, but just in secret. And here's the holy grail, yeah. right? You knew you could trust to some degree that yeah. the reaction would occur that would at least give you space to breathe. Right. Because he's earned that over time. I don't know what if I would have done that with Correct. other people in my life. So if you want people to give you their trust, this this is almost like an aphorism or a proverb. If you want people to give you your their trust, you yourself have to be trustworthy. You have to be trustworthy of that information, trustworthy of that process of forgiveness truth-telling performance over time. Yeah. It's it's always a partnership. The person's willingness to say something that is difficult, fess up to a lie, fess up to a, a mistake, fess up to a bad purchase, whatever it may be, is going to be related to how they think the other party is going to react. And if you react poorly over and over again, you're probably not going to get told everything that you need to yeah. know. Because, I, I mean, I'll raise my hand and say that would be a tough thing to face every single time I screw up because I screw up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we all do, Everybody right? Does. Everybody does. We all do. I mean, again, marriage, intimate, intense, slam two lives together and say, share everything, kids, forever. <laughs> forever. You're going to screw yeah. up. It's it's not it's not, it's not not to avoid the screw-ups forever. I mean, don't screw up intentionally. Right. Yeah. But it's not to say every marriage is going to have conflict that's going to have trouble how do you manage that conflict how do you manage the the rapids the rough water that's always the question and if you don't want to go to a higher class rapids just work together too yeah <laughs> See, that's, that's correct that's right well i mean that's one of the things that's unique about the two of you that other than couples and other family businesses they don't really face that as much as you two do we face a lot of stuff. And again, th- and then we, we, we <laughs> got on vacation for a week together because we dropped the kids off at camp. And again, that's next week's podcast. And then it was just us. We're like, wait a second. We work together. We live together. We raise kids together. Why are we doing this together? <laughs> we don't need this. It was fun. We'll talk about that yeah, again. Yeah. Teasing forward. Um, well, I mean, you keep mentioning uh, that I am good at forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Some of that is probably natural. Um, you know, I, I, I was taught that by... Uh, I had a pastor as a father, and like there's he there's this book that he tells me about all the time that's basically a big book of forgiveness, at least the New Testament is, um, and uh, and that's yeah. the one that we focused on the most. Um, the other part of me learning how to forgive actually came from having friends and people close to me um, who have struggled with addiction and learning how to forgive through that. And I have it has required counseling and it has required like professional help learning how to how to how to deal with that but the the simplest way to talk about it for me is you have to look at the person in front of you whether they're struggling with addiction or whether they're buying butt face cream and say this is this is um this is what this is the best they can do right now the best and i think and not not why aren't you doing better and i feel like that's helped me get through some tough times that's i think that's the beginning of the process which is that this person before me is worthy i'm i'm, I'm going to try to forgive them because they're worthy of my love they're worthy of an intersection with my life and for us to move on i've got to acknowledge that they're trying as hard as they can and they're bringing their best to it now of course that assumes that the person is authentically is trying to make like some sort of amends for what's right. happened that there's been a a proper i'm sorry you know whatever whatever that manifests itself and how it looks like in your relationship the, the one thing i would say about forgiveness and this is you know every now and then i get pretty pastory uh, and this is pretty pastory in this sense that not forgiving not not forgiving someone 
who is seeking your forgiveness is like um, you drinking poison every right. day and hoping that they get sick. Right. And what you're doing is you're psychologically and spiritually just carrying all that anger inside and it will eat you too. And so, yes, forgiveness is part of trust and it's a hard, hard thing maybe to, to build back up once it's been lost. But refusing to forgive someone or even try is hurting you just as much as it's hurting your relationship with them. You gave me the advice one time when you were counting me through some stiff and you said you said something like most of the people you meet every single day are trying the very best they can and I think going on and I think that that helped reframe thing reframe things for me that like this person who hurt me is actually trying and that this is just that was a that was a, even if they don't view it as a screw-up it was a screw-up that hurt me but they are actually they they are trying the best they can and this is the this is all they're capable of most people out there unless they are really broken and brokenness is mental illness addiction social anxiety whatever unless they're yeah. carrying something big most people most of the time are doing the best they can with what they've got yeah and i think kind of getting out of my own head and getting out of my own self and being able to look like oh they're not in they're not doing this just to hurt you. They're not like driving a knife and just to hurt you. They're, this is just how they can protect themselves. And this is right. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. They, you know, they have some need because of their own shame, because mm-hmm. of the, the complexity of their own life, their own um, baggage that they're carrying, that they are lashing out in that mm-hmm. moment for whatever reason, big lash, small lash, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and lastly, um, what, but there is a point in time when, like, forgiveness, there only so much, like, it doesn't work, right? Right. Well, yeah. I think there are some people who ultimately, um, I think the term that's sometimes thrown around are just toxic to you. Right. There's just so much hurt or so much wound that you almost have to cut off relationship with them in a regular fashion. Right. That does happen. The The trick there, right, always is to both protect yourself and to um, let that person go. You are going to ultimately maybe not forget what ha- has happened there, but you're not going to have, you're not going to let it or you're not going to be able to allow it to consume so much of your thought and soul space because if you do then they're still they're yeah. still hurting you and i think you know again the main question of life like my mentor taught me is who do you think can that you can trust yeah that's the biggest question of all human relationships and we marry the persons that we marry because those are the folks that we decide that we can trust the most i can yeah. trust this person with my heart with my soul with my time with my future yeah and that is what i think has to be protected in all of our most special relationships and especially in our marriages um Okay. Tell the truth early and often. Like if I could say anything to couples, the truth will never betray you, even if it's hard. It's yeah. in trying to cover it up that you create the trust deficits. And it always comes out. Oh, there are no. So might as well just start there. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say there are no secrets in marriage. It's possible that like one of those crazy movies where the dad dies and they find out he's got like five families right. that that's happened to someone. And so, I, I, but I'm going to stand by that. All secrets eventually come out because even in that scenario, the secret, yeah, came, the secret out. came out. It just didn't come out while the person in that scenario or that player, that movie was alive. It always comes out. The truth always rises to the top. Mm-hmm. And I think telling it, even if it's hard, even if it carries a ton of shame, 
is really the only way to maintain trust in a relationship. What if somebody suspects that there's something going on with the other person? I I, I don't suspect anything, by the way. I'm just trying to think about this. That I bought more butt face cream? <laughs> yeah, let's use, let's use that as an example. Or, or how about this? Like This is probably a more real example. What if I suspected that Kim was having an affair? Okay? And... And because and, and, you're so good at this script, she's right? way too introverted for that. Well, she doesn't have time. And I don't want to make yeah. light of this because I do know that yeah. there are real people who are, have maybe have suspicions. But I will say the answer to that is I wouldn't have time. But, well, I, I yeah. will say that I've had uh, I don't know how many people come to me and talk about infidelity over the years. It's a big number. Yeah. yeah. And one of the first things I always think is, how did you have time for that? Like, <laughs> like honestly, how did you have time? I to mean, carry honestly. See, it really only takes about thing. 45 seconds. So, <laughs> no, I'm um, no, so. no, but, but if and, <laughs> Max has got I got, I got Max to laugh. Um, but I would say, I don't want to make light of this. It's very, but, I know. So, but here's the question I had. Okay? But if, I feel like if you th- suspect something. It doesn't mean it's happening. No. It's like I have irrational fears. We've talked about this before. Let's say I legitimately like thought that I had a rational belief that Kim was having an affair with me and I wanted to bring that up without violating trust or looking like an idiot. Well, so th- there's What's the script for that. I mean, it, it's a hard script. That's maybe one of the hardest ones because there are some things that once said cannot be taken back. So an example is, um, you know, when a couple gets engaged, will you marry me? Like you don't take that back. Like it's either a yes or a no, and everything has changed because the question has been right. answered. And one of the funny things that sometimes couples will talk about in premarital counseling is like the weight of that, the weight on the asker, and then the weight on the response the responder, and it instantly shifts. You know, it instantly shifts. So some things can't be unsaid. And I think when you say to your partner, to your person, to your spouse, I am worried that um, that something's going on here that would hurt me very badly. You don't take that back. And so how you say it it has to be pretty ginger. And what I think probably is the only healthy way that I can imagine it transpiring because usually when that conversation happens, I'm not there. And very few people that have had that conversation have have found me ahead of time to have it. Uh. Maybe one or two over 20 years have come to me and said, how do I talk to this? How do I talk to my person about it? And I've heard everything from private investigators to taking a day off from work without the other person knowing and following them around for the day. I mean, we have a friend that that went down like that. I think, you know, by the time you're approaching 50 years of age like I am, you know, you've heard it, you've, kind of yeah. heard it all. But my guess is the only way to have that conversation well, if you are suspicious and don't have some sort of proof, right, some sort of f- fact-based, like, I'm going to testify to you that I know this is happening. If it's just a suspicion, is to say, I suspect something and I'm really worried about it and I hope I'm wrong, but if I'm not, I need to hear you speak about it. And then let's say the answer really is no, and you come to believe that answer is no, then that couple would need to have a conversation about what Why? was going yeah. on Why did that, that made happen? me suspect yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but that script, that was a good, like, generic kind of way to put it. And that could be about addiction. That could be about money. That could be about any of these I, other like, things. Yeah, withholding information. I have a, I have a suspicion. I hope I'm wrong about it, but I need to. Right. I need to ask you and about it. I, I'm okay. just I'm just huge on body language. We've talked about this so many times, the three of mm-hmm. us. Um, you know, making sure you're calm, you're sitting down, even some cues like um, you and I need to talk, and this is going to be difficult for me. And 
it's probably going to be hard for you. This is going to be hard for us, but I have some things that I've got to get off my chest. And sitting down, calm, some prep work, um, and the words that you choose there are really, really, really important about any of these issues. I mean, you're talking about trust, which is the most sacred space of your marriage. Trust, love. Like that's 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 the holy grail of marriage. Those two things they have to exist, or else, you know, your marriage is a half marriage at best. Thank you so much for coming in here and I've, talking to us about this. I've loved it. It's been wonderful. Your As parking always. meter has successfully been re-upped, so I'm not going to get a ticket. You're not going to get, get a, a ticket. ticket. Say I trusted you with your app pen. Yeah, and that I feel was really did good about that. Did you know that, that I looked at the time and then I? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, anyway. Was, it was amazing how y'all had my back. I did, I, I did a trust fall with the parking meter. Yeah. And the two of you caught me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you've made it this far in the podcast, we appreciate you. And thank you. You can even take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at the Holderness Family. And we love to comment and have feedback. If you have any feedback, if you have any um, life experience you'd love to share, uh, we'd love to see it. We have a, like a super secret Facebook group. It's not secret. All you have to do is search for it. It's the Holderness Family Podcast. We have great discussions over there, and I love it. Bye. Oh, that's it. Okay, bye. We're leaving now. Bye.